But I want to jump right in to Mother's Day. I'm super excited. Whether you have physically birthed a child or maybe you have raised a child or you have been just that spiritual ear for someone, I am excited. I want to share a message. And guys, don't feel left out. I'm going to talk to you too because... The Bible is for all of us. Jesus died for all of us, just not for us ladies. But I want to kick it off. I want to show a picture because it is Mother's Day. I got to talk about feelings today, okay? So this picture might just be any normal picture for you. But for me, this was Elijah's first day of his last day of high school in September. So there has been a lot going through this emotional mama this year. I get to have one that ends and we celebrate lots of lasts with him. And then for my youngest, it's lots of firsts as she started high school. So I doubly hashtag this year for my life as the year of tears. Can any women relate to the emotional roller coaster as your children get older, right? We wear our emotions on our sleeve sometimes. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how sometimes our feelings or the lack of interfere or maybe interrupt our experience with God's presence. Right? So here's my question. I got lots of questions for you. You know with Pastor Curtis, we are not a sit. You're not going to sit there and just stare at me. You are a participation church, right? So here's my first question. You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to answer out loud. Have you felt God's presence? When was the last time? Did you feel it today? Have you felt his presence in the past? Do you even know what that means when I say, have you felt God's presence? So for some of us, God's presence can be that tingly feeling when you walk into the room, right? When you walk into worship, maybe you get the goosebumps on the arms. Well, I know for some of you ladies, I talk to you enough, you get that feeling just when you walk into this building because it's cold in here, right? You get those, those goosebumps, right? So is that God's presence? How about this? Can God's presence make us cry? Absolutely. But for me, so can any movie that involves an animal make me cry? I will cry on the drop of a hat. I, I refuse actually to watch any movie that has a dog on the cover of the DVD case because it's just not going to work for me. For some of us, we feel God's presence as peaceful, right? We take in that peace. Well, for me, peaceful, and, and I didn't even get it yesterday, is just five minutes alone in the bathroom without hearing, Mom, hey, Mom, honey, honey, like, that's all, to me, that's peaceful. It's five minutes, right? So do we feel God's presence? What if we don't? Whose fault is it when we don't feel God's presence? Is it God's fault because he's not holy enough? He didn't make enough noise for us to, to feel him? Is it our fault that we don't feel God's presence? I got it, right? It's the worship team's fault because they didn't play that song that you just needed to hear in order to get into the presence, right? But when we don't feel God's presence, we start to ask questions, right? Well, God, are, are you really there? Because I don't, I don't feel you. And how about this one? If I don't feel you, how do I even know you're real? So what do we do when God does feel far away? If you're like me, like I said, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I always have. I grew up, I got saved when I was 14, and the church I grew up in for a while was very feely based is very emotional based so when I experienced a worship service I cried you know I always my my relationship with God for the first couple of years was based on how I really felt it wasn't based on my heart but it was based on my feelings maybe you've experienced that too or maybe you're the total opposite and 
and you come to church and you don't really feel a whole lot of anything and you don't understand because when you open up your Bible and you read the, the soap version of the day, verse of the day, you're like, this doesn't relate to me. I don't get anything out of this. Or maybe when you're in a worship service and you look around and you're seeing other people sing, raise their hands and cry, you just feel numb. You don't feel anything. Or how about when you pray and you hit that wall and you feel like you're talking to nothing? So we don't always feel God's presence, maybe. You're not alone today. You're not the only one that has experienced any one of those situations. I've been there myself. But here's what we have to take away, and we have to remember that our feelings aren't the only evidence of the presence of God. I've been in ministry for 20 years. I have been blessed to do all kinds of absolutely crazy things for God. I've done things I've wanted to do, and I've done things I didn't want to do, to be quite honest, right? There was a time, um, Curtis and I have been blessed to be able to go to a lot of conferences, and we were at this one pastor's conference, and it was pastors and their wives. It was the end of the conference, and they had done some, some ministry on marriages and stuff, and I was looking around, and we were at these round tables, and I saw these couples, and they were crying with one another. They were leaning onto one another, and they were praying for one another after this message and the altar call. And I sat there, and I looked over to Curtis, and I was like, these guys are really messed up. I'm good. Right? And then I had to think, and I was like, wait, maybe I'm the messed up one because I don't feel anything. I didn't feel anything, but did that mean that God's presence wasn't there? No. There was another time. This, this last year, we did a worship night past September here. I was so stoked to have the opportunity to spend some time in worship. It was our church and another church. And I was, I was just so looking forward. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do is spend time in worship. Well, I had gotten a little ahead of myself for Haley's birthday the day before we had went ziplining, and I had jacked up my leg, guys. Like, I probably should have went to the doctor, but you know, us Sussex Countyans, we just put ice on it and keep on moving, right? So I was sitting in the front row of that worship night, and God's presence was here. He was moving all I could think about was my leg. It hurt so bad. I was so focused on the pain of my leg that I wasn't feeling any Holy Spirit at that moment. And I had to sit back and I was like, man, what is wrong with me that I'm not feeling God in a moment that he's obviously here? We're not the only ones that feel that way. There were people in the Bible too. In Psalms 88, it says, but I cry to you for help. This is verse 13 of Psalms 88. I cry to you for you to help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. And so quickly, the very next verse, it says, why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? One moment, he's crying out to him. And the next, he's like, where are you? What happened to you? Pastor Curtis last, uh, last week very briefly mentioned David. And if you know the story of David, he has an amazing story. I encourage you to read it. But at one point in David's life, he is running for his life. His enemies are coming full force at him. If he does not run, he knows he's dead. And there's a moment that he cries out after everything David's been through with Goliath and everything. God, have you forgotten me? Where are you? Have you ever had those moments before? Well, how about this? Do you know Jesus didn't feel God? Jesus he walked with God daily. He healed thousands of people. We fed thousands of people. And there was a moment when he was on the cross. His body was broken. He was bloodied. He was hurt. He was thirsty. And he cries out, my God, why 
have you forsaken me? You see, in a moment on the cross, the pain that Jesus had had overpowered him so much that he didn't feel God's presence, but it didn't negate the fact that God was still there. And that's where, as humans, as ladies' mom, because let's be real, ladies, where we get messed up because we rely on our feelings to do everything when we have to learn to take a back seat from that. So why don't we always feel God, though? The first one is what I've been talking about. Maybe we over-centralize God's presence. John 6.30 says, So they asked Jesus, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? How many of us need a sign to know God is real? I've done it before. <laughs> no lie. I Okay, can, can I tell him, Pastor Curtis? Because he told me not to, but I'm going to. Okay, so before we started dating for our second time, right? That's another story for another time. We were at a point in our lives that we didn't want to date anymore just to date. We wanted to find our mate. We wanted to marry the love of our life who God had chosen for us. So he plays drums, and it was in youth group one night, and he was on the drums. No lie, this is his prayer, and he's, he's going to not like me for this, so don't tell him, okay? He sat on the drums, and he prayed, and he rubbed his eyebrows, and he said, God, if Amy's the one I'm supposed to be with, make my eyebrows come off into my hands. That was his prayer. He needed a visual to know that I was the one. True story, he did have eyebrow lashes on his finger, hence the reason there's a ring on mine, all right? So, but he needed the visual. How often do we do that? How often, uh, ladies, if you're, if you're single now or you're, if you were before, did you say, all right, Jesus, the next man that walks through that door, he is it, Lord. Make it so. Right? We've said those things. Here's another one I'll tell him. I get to tell him, Pastor Curtis, because he's in the back today. We like to travel a lot. And that Krispy Kreme sign, oh, Lord, if that Krispy Kreme sign is on, those donuts are surely you're doing, you want me to stop and get a dozen, right? We want to see with our physical eyes, like Frank was talking about, we feel like we have to see Jesus to know that it's him. We rely too much on our feelings and the physical, because if we always want to feel God, we wouldn't need our faith. Because what is faith? Faith is believing in things we cannot see, if we always went by our feelings, all right, I told you I wear my emotions on my sleeve. If I always went by my feelings, I won't speak for you, I would be in jail. Because why I can cry in the drop of a moment, I will also fight you in the heartbeat if you do something stupid. Jesus has saved me, though, and I don't rely on my feelings. But think back to this past week. What conversations did you have? What interactions did you have at work, with a coworker, with your children, with family, with the loved ones? Did you rely solely on your feelings in one of those situations? What would it look like if you had relied solely on your feelings? Some of you might need to make a phone call after today and make an apology, right? We can't rely solely on our feelings. The second reason maybe we don't always feel God is maybe our heart is hardened. Matthew 13, verses 14 and 15 says, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Maybe you've got a little wall put up. 
Better example is if you have a teenage child, I can guarantee you that teenage child has an AirPod, and that AirPod is always in their ear. All right? I'm going to tell on Elijah today now, too. So my son, who I love dearly but does get on my nerves from time to time, all right, from the moment he wakes up in the morning, there is an ear pod in one ear. So while he's getting himself ready for school, and I ask a question, do you know what he does? Ignores me. Because he doesn't hear me because he's not fully listening. How many of us do that with God? How many of us are distracted by something else so that we don't hear God completely? Maybe your, heart's hurting, um, maybe your heart is hardened because God didn't do something for you that you thought he should have done. Maybe someone's hurt you. Maybe you've closed off your, your heart because you don't want to be hurt again, and you don't understand that that's not who Jesus is. Maybe, maybe our heart is hardened and we don't feel God because there is ongoing sin in our life. Chanel, can you bring me that bag? It's not today. Today is beautiful. Yesterday was beautiful. I will take the rain, but there is a time when it is freezing outside, right? So what do we do when it's cold outside? We bundle up, right? I should have just had Chanel because she has all this stuff. So when it's cold, we bundle up, right? We put on our layers. I even have a coat in here. We put it on. Hold on. We bundle up when it's cold because when we bundle up, what's that do to the cold? We can't feel it anymore, right? We put on as many layers as we possibly can so we're not cold, so we don't feel it. Do you know sin does the same thing? As you take on sin in your life, you layer up one sin after another, and guess what you can't feel anymore? God's presence. What sin have you gotten comfortable with today? It could be a little sin, ladies, guys. Are you jealous because she has the perfect hair? She has a perfect life. Man, why can't my kids act like they do? I want to beat my kids, and their kids seem perfect. You want to know what I struggle with? If I just had their schedule, they get to do all these things, and I, I'm choking myself on my. Too many layers are a bad thing, right? What are we struggling with? What sin are we holding on to? What has hurt you that you've not let go of? Who have you not forgiven? What addictions are blocking your heart from seeing God? Is it social media? Is it binge watching TV? Is it alcohol? What is it that's stopping God from seeing your whole heart? And here's the third thing that I think we really struggle with and, and we don't think about so much that we get comfortable with. And I think the third reason why sometimes we don't feel God is Stay with me now. God wants to draw you closer to him. You see, Paul preaches in Athens in Acts 17. He says, from one man made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in histories or in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Although he is not far from any one of us. So here's my question. When do you pray? Do you pray more when you're going through something, when life is hard, things aren't going the way you want it to be? Do you pray more when you're comfortable, when all is good, the kids are behaving? 
We know what the right answer is, right? Why is it that when we're facing hard times, when we have challenges, and when we suffer, we pray out to God, we cry out to God on a regular basis, right? We need him to intervene on our behalf. But when things are comfortable, when things are easy, we tend to push God to the side. We put the earbud back in, right? And we only partially listen. God is a God who loves you, but God is also a God who wants to be pursued by you. He wants you to draw closer to him, but you have to do it. He can't do it. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. How often do we only give him a part of our heart? How often are we basing things on so much more than our faith? Because just because God feels distance to us doesn't mean he's absent. If, G- if God was absent when Jesus was in the cr- on the cross, we wouldn't be here today, guys. Even though Jesus didn't feel him, he was still there. Just because you don't feel him does not mean he is not with you every day. We have to remember that our feelings are not facts, and we have to get out of our feelings, and we have to learn to activate our faith. If you work out, I'm I'm going there, Chanel. Chanel picks on Pastor Curtis for doing workout. I got you, though. If you work out on a regular basis, I like to run. But there are very many times leading up to when I'm going to run, I'm like, isn't there something else I can be doing? Like, the dishes need to be done. The laundry can be done. I don't want to go run right now. But here's the thing. I do it, and I feel so much better after I have run. If I based it on my feelings, I would never get out and I would never run. But I activate my faith because I know what my end results will be when I run. Do you know what your end results are with Jesus? And you may not know that. Maybe you can't see your end results today. But he will take everything you're going through and work it out in his glory. Right? We have to learn to find God in our everyday moments, right? Not just always in the big things. Maybe you open up your Bible and you're reading your you version, you know, verse of the day, and it's exactly what you needed. That's just not happen chance. That's God just loving on you just a little bit. How about when your friend reaches out and they send you that text and it's exactly what you needed to hear. They just simply say, hey, I was praying for you today. God put you on my heart. Well, you think they just did that on their own? That was Jesus reaching out to you through someone else. Here's one that gets me all the time. I love to hear what my kids do in school, so I always ask about their days and their conversations, and I'll hear them talk about a situation or a circumstance that happened in the school, maybe a conversation they had. And without them even knowing it, you see Jesus through them. You hear a new song that comes on, and it's like that song was written just for you. What's Jeremiah say? If you find him with all your heart, if you seek him, you will find him. Since it's Mother's Day, I want to end, though, talking about a mom that really probably didn't feel it all either. So Matthew chapter 1, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, 
What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. See, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And what's that last part say? Means God with us. So we all know Mary's story, right? We all know the Christmas story. We hear it every Christmas. But can we, for, can we think for a minute? What do we forget sometimes? Man, she was pregnant for nine months. Ladies, men, you might not understand that. But ladies, you get me, right? For nine months, she had people whispering behind her back, giving her looks as she walked through the market because she was pregnant and not married. How often are we in that same shoe? Men, for Joseph, for nine months, he had to look at his wife grow and develop this baby in her womb that wasn't his. How often did they question their feelings? How often did Mary say, God, I just don't know. Listen, I'm not giving birth in a manger. This surely is not of you, God. This can't be what you had planned. However, God was with her, even when she didn't feel him. We have to have faith to believe that God is always with us. And I know it's easier to say than to do. But when you don't know what to do, he's your guide. When you're hurting and you feel like your life is falling apart, he's your comforter. When you're all alone, he's your friend. When you have anxiety and you can't sleep, he will bring you the peace. And if your heart is hardened because of sin, he is Emmanuel. He is your Savior. One quick story, and then I'm going to end. I was privileged to go on a missions trip when I was 16, 17 years old. It was the first missions trip I ever went on. It was a life changing missions trip for me totally changed how I see the world how my relationship with Jesus is and while I was there we were in these remote villages there was people being healed there was physical healings taking place and I was sitting in the back though while everybody was at the altar and I remember just sitting there and I'm like this is amazing all of these great miracles are taking place but God I don't know if I feel you like obviously you're here but why don't I feel the same as these people do right now? And I sat there for a little bit, and I heard God say, and he spoke so clearly to me, and he simply said, because it's not about your feelings, Amy. And that's all it took. It took me a second, because I was like, wait a minute, it's not about my feelings, but I need to feel you, God. It's the only way I know you're here is if I feel you, if I get the tinglys and I cry and I, I get emotional. And so I sat there through the rest of that service and I watched. And I watched God move. And as God moved, my faith became activated because I realized that it didn't take me. It wasn't about me at that moment in time. It was about Jesus moving through his people. And I think we get so caught up in our feelings that that blocks Jesus moving in our lives. Will you guys stand with me?
Psalm 16, 8 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. It doesn't say, I know the Lord is sometimes with me. He's with me when I need him. And it definitely doesn't say he is sometimes beside me. He is right beside you every day of every moment in the midst of every need. He's with you when life is good. He's with you when life is bad. He is never changing. As we go into this last song and to our altar, this is my challenge for you. Do we need to give up our feelings today? Is there some sin we really need to lay down in order for God to see our full heart, to give him everything? So as we sing this song, just ask you to close your eyes, to not worry about anybody around you, because here's the thing. This is between you and Jesus. What is it this Mother's Day that we need to let go of? What feelings, what's hurt, what sin do we need to lay at the altar?